0: All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I am John Laredo, your host of this very special episode. If you have not already taken notice and your eyes just widened because you looked at the title and saw that we are at episode number 100. Yes, we're at number 100 Wow, in a quick I guess it's been six months, we've hit a hundred episodes and eight months ago, maybe ten months ago, I didn't even know I was gonna be doing this, so crazy um, life changes fast, and we're gonna be talking a little bit or a lot about that today uh, but it's interesting uh a friend of mine, Kevin, who produces this show for me, um was telling me that like an incredibly small percentage of podcasts um, make it to episode number 100. Actually the average doesn't, I think the average is seven episodes for every launch podcast. Most of them never make it past seven. That's a big number and like 0.001%, uh, make it to episode 100. Okay. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe it's not. I don't think actually, I think it's probably pretty accurate. So, um, here's some other interesting stats. If you're curious to know what's going on in the podcast world, there are people that Collect stats and uh, produce these numbers here because I don't know. I don't know who's listening. I don't know who, uh, how long you tune in. I don't know how many shows you listen to on average per week. I don't know how when you do start a show, do you finish it? Who knows? So there's a whole bunch of smart people that are trying to figure that out. You'll be happy to know that just because you are a listener of podcasts, you are smart, smart, or as they say in Boston, you're smart. You want to name smart people. Um, so uh, on average. Smart people listen to podcasts, so and it makes you smarter. Um, On average, here's some other interesting stats. 51% of bottled water households are podcast listeners. I have no idea why that's important, but for those 49% of you that don't have bottled water, I'm assuming that or 49% of you that have bottled water that don't listen. I don't know if it's the bottled water that causes you to listen or not. I don't know what the correlation is, but that is a stat. If you don't drink water like me, I have a tough time, but you drink juice. 56% of juice households are podcast fans. Or if you like beer, 53% of beer households are podcast listeners. So in any event, I was just floored and amazed by those stats. There's a whole bunch of other ones that are really uh, not important. So the main stat is we are at episode number 100 and closing in uh, very quickly on uh, overtaking the Joe Rogan podcast. So uh, just give me a few years. We'll be there. So. Uh, In any event, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I really, really appreciate you and value you. And I'm very grateful for your listenership, if that's a word. Uh, And I very much appreciate all your feedback and your comments, because I'll be honest with you, talking to a camera, into a microphone, uh, there's not a whole lot of direct feedback. It's not like speaking to a live audience. You have no idea. I don't know. I don't know how these resonate with you, if you like them. What you like in particular, what you don't. I just tend to come up with ideas and thoughts and things that I think are going to be valuable. And many of you have taken upon yourself to let me know that you like it and uh, to continue. And I appreciate that because it's great to get feedback. So, as always, I appreciate your ideas on thoughts on things, whether they're personal issues you're having in leadership or leading yourself or leading your company. I love to bring those types of things to the show and uh, share them uh, with the audience. So, In any event, I thought today in honor of the 100th episode, um, I thought I would just share more specifically about my story because it has been a really cool experience and absolutely um, an unbelievable last nine months uh, because I never thought in nine months so much could happen And some of that was planned. Some of it was totally unplanned. But I thought I'd just take you through what got me to this point to 100 episodes a year ago. I don't think I would have even thought of doing a podcast. Um, And it's my world has been much bigger than doing podcasts. I love this, but um, I just wanted to share my story and kind of what went into all my life changes over this past uh, year, over the past few months. So, you know, I'm I, I, as many of you know, I was in leadership and I've been over the past 20 years running different organizations and financial services. Uh, when I was given my first opportunity back in uh, 2002, that was to run an office that was ranked way at the bottom in the national rankings, 100 out of 110 and uh, I figured, okay, I want to take over that office because there's nowhere to go but up. And that's how you really figure out and learn leadership and kind of cut your teeth. And uh, it was an incredible experience. I I worked with some phenomenal leaders um, and I built a, what was then a very successful winning organization. We went from number 100 to number one in the country. And uh, I learned a lot of what not to do and a lot of what to do. And what is most important is getting the right people around you. When you have great people together, even if the strategy is a little bit off, great people figure out how to do fantastic things. And that's exactly what I learned, the importance of hiring and building a team around the right people. So I was fortunate enough to get a number of other opportunities to lead an office up in Boston, uh, the largest office uh, for Ameriprise for a few years, met a whole bunch of other incredible people. And I've been influenced by tremendous people. Larry Post being one of them, who is one of the the guests, one of the first guests on this podcast, who has been instrumental in my leadership career. Uh, I also had an opportunity to mentor and develop a lot of people in that period of time. And then my travels took me down to D.C., and uh, I ran a region down there for Merrill prize for uh, three years, uh, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia region, and that also was a turnaround, uh, taking that from, I think it was at the last ranked or close to the last ranked in the country, and we brought it up as high as number three in the country, and uh, then I got a great opportunity to work with Penn Mutual and take over their agency up there in Boston, back up to Boston, and that was when I got there ranked dead last in the country, I think it was twenty-four out of twenty-four or twenty-six out of twenty-six, and uh, brought it up as high as uh, getting the president's award twice, which is the second. Uh, the chairman's is number one. Never got to that, uh, but we came to uh, the second uh, award, which was uh, president's award, a couple of years, and the third one was uh, excellence award. Uh, I think that was three years, so we did some phenomenal things, and again, it's all about bringing the right people together. So uh, what does that have to do with where I am? Well, I figured out a lot of cool things about leadership. I learned a lot, and I figured out how to turn organizations around, and uh, I've always had a desire to help other leaders and other organizations, even outside financial services industry, do that same thing and really develop leadership skills. Because I've always had this really fascinating, like, obsession almost with leadership. I've read tons and tons and tons of books on leadership. But, you know, one of the things I always have felt after I read a book on leadership is, okay, I love devouring any kind of leadership book. But a lot of times I came out of there with a really cool concept, but I didn't know what to do with it. It was kind of like, okay, well, now what? So, a lot of what I started to think about is okay, can you kind of build a recipe and almost like this really simplified approach to learning all the things you need to do to be a top level, super successful leader? And can that apply to any different industry, not just financial services? And the answer is yes. That's actually, in essence, what I'm doing right now is breaking these complex strategies and Fortune 50 leadership techniques down into really easy, implementable steps and helping individuals and individual leaders as well as leaders of organizations and teams of people implement these strategies to get great, great results. But what brought me to that point, um, it's interesting, I've always had a desire to do a little bit different and more and ultimately get to the point where I was impacting other people. And uh, I had a great opportunity to speak at a conference uh, back in, I think it was the beginning of 2000, uh, actually it was the beginning of 2019. Uh, I had my first opportunity to speak at a conference that was outside of my company, and it was a national conference in 2018, and that was in front of maybe a few hundred people, and that went very, very well. It was all about leadership and what makes the top leaders, and then the next year, I was invited to speak on the main stage in 2019. You can see the video online. Um, It's the top, what, top 3% of leaders or the 3% edge is what it was called, and I spoke in front of 3,000 people. And I just remember at that point, it was like, wow, I was just energized. I mean, totally energized. The feeling of stepping on on that type of stage in front of that many people that are glued to what you're saying and coming off of that stage to these great accolades and phenomenal feedback and people even just today, I was talking to somebody who brought that up. Hey, you know, your famous speech. That you did at this conference—that's uh, an amazing feeling. And yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking getting up there in front of three thousand people. But wow, it was electrifying. And most importantly, I had fun. I felt like I was really making this huge impact, and people were leaving with something, and they left better than they came in. But I was also having fun on stage. I felt like I just stepped right into my my zone. Uh, and it's amazing when you do something, you feel like that is just what you are meant to do. And that is truly how I felt when I was on that stage. I'm thinking to myself, this is what I'm meant to do. Um, and then shortly after that conference, I was invited. That was not a paid presentation. I was invited to speak and I was honored to speak, but then I was invited by a company to speak at their conference and I was paid to do it and paid really, really well, to do it for an hour presentation. And I thought to myself after that, wow, I can build a business doing this, doing what I love, absolutely love. So that was when the wheels started turning uh, very, very seriously about this, probably in middle or beginning of 2019. Um, And it was in the back of my mind well before that, but that's when I really started seriously thinking about it. And when you find something that really energizes you, you can't stop thinking about it. You almost become obsessed with it. And that's kind of what I was finding. I was thinking about it more and more and more. And it was just pulling me toward that vision of doing that. And just I felt like not even standing on a stage, literally, but just figuratively. I felt like I was leading an organization, having a lot of fun, having success, but I felt like my figurative stage was bigger i could impact more people and i wanted to impact more people in a bigger way and i've talked in past episodes about the importance of your a people in any organization need three things in order for them to stay with you if they don't have these three things they're ultimately going to leave at some point if they don't have one of these three things they're ultimately going to leave and that's first of all they have to feel like they are growing and to be honest with you in my role that i was in I felt like I had been there for six years at that time, heading on seven. I didn't feel like I was growing anymore. I felt like I was not as challenged. And when you start to feel like you're plateauing and you're feeling like you've kind of capped out the growth that you can have in a certain role, that's dangerous. Secondly, is that a person needs to feel like they are making an impact and really contributing in a way that they know they can now i felt like i was making a big impact in that organization but i didn't feel like i was making the impact that i knew that i could feel there's a big difference and that was a big that was eating at me inside i knew i could do more and impact more people and then last is feeling valued i did feel valued it was a great organization but uh, ultimately those first two things were really missing so for me There was also an important realization. I remember as you start to feel like you're pulled in a different direction and at the same point, there's a lot of people out there that I know have had mornings like this. I remember a big eye opener for me was it was a Sunday morning. I woke up and I opened my eyes and the first thought I had was, shit, I got work tomorrow. Literally, that was the first thought. It was Sunday morning, beautiful day outside. I had the whole day to do whatever, and and that's the first thought in my mind is shit. I have work tomorrow. That's not good. Okay, that's a danger sign, big time. So for those of you out there, I know some of you because I've talked to you about it that that's something that you're dealing with right now. That's there's only so long you can handle that, the stress the just frustration. And just if you're doing something for the wrong reasons, ultimately it's going to eat at you. Now, I had a great job. I was getting paid a lot of money to do something that I was good at uh, and enjoyed very much for a long period of time. But again, those two things at the top, I didn't feel like I was growing and I felt like I could make a bigger impact. So for me, I started to really think seriously about making a change, and more and more I thought about it, I ultimately got to the point that, you know what, this other thing is calling at me, it energizes me, the thought of developing other leaders, I I wasn't even certain of what it would look like, to be honest with you, I was. the only thing I really knew was speaking on a stage, so I'm like, okay, well, that's cool, I can do that, let me... My vision is speaking on a stage once a week for, you know, every single, uh, you know, for 50, 50 speeches a year and doing these big keynotes and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing, traveling all these places. And so I started really thinking seriously about it. I started booking different events. I start, I got a TED Talk, actually. I was booked in April of 2020 to do a TED Talk. Wow, amazing. I'm uh, super excited. And all these things started to happen, which to me were signs Of, okay, this is the right thing. I need to do this. This is is my calling. I also started thinking about, you know, I don't want to be 65 years old and look back and have regrets. There are tons of people that will sit down at some point in their life and they'll look back and they'll say, why didn't I do this? There are things in my life that I should have done 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. I regret not doing them. And I never want to be filled with regret. So for me, at 49 years old, I'm thinking, okay, this is my chance to start a whole new chapter in my life. Was it scary? Yes, totally. Did I know what was going to happen? No, absolutely not. I had an idea, I had a vision, but I knew that if I stayed in that current path for the wrong reasons, which the wrong reason was I was making a lot of money, in the top 1% of income earners, doing something I was good at, turning around companies, but if ultimately you know you can do more and you know you can enjoy it more and be just uh, doing what you're passionate about, you have to figure out something. You have to make that move. Otherwise, you're going to ultimately have regrets. And that's what I, what I knew. What I thought about also is there's a question that I heard years ago, and it was from Brian Tracy. For those of you who don't know him, he was a, and he is a motivational speaker and a time management expert. And I learned a bunch of stuff by watching his, ta- uh, his videos and listening to his tapes early in my career, especially. And there's a question he put out there that was really impactful for me. And that was, what would I do if I knew I could not fail? Think about that. What would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? That's amazing because it opens up your eyes to say, wow, okay, well, there's a lot I would do if I knew I didn't fail. The reason oftentimes we don't do things is because of fear of failure. Jim Carrey, uh, the actor, the comedian, tells an incredible story. His father, Percy Carrey, was, as he put it, the funniest person on the planet. And other people... Cooperate with that story. It's not just Jim Carrey giving his father props. I mean, he was known. He was not in the industry. He wasn't in the entertainment industry, but he was known. Anybody that knew him knew him. He was just this person that attracted people to him. He was the light light for the party. He was this this unusually, unbelievably talented. Comedic genius, really, is what Jim Carrey said. I mean, it was almost unexplainable. He says as funny as he himself is, his father Percy was dramatically more funny, significantly more talented than even he was. But his dad chose the more cautious, conservative route and was afraid to try and afraid to get out there and really test his talents and go for what he really, truly wanted. Instead, he took the more conservative safe path and was an accountant. And when Jim was 12 years old, his dad got laid off and they fell upon some really hard times. They had to really, really change their lifestyle and to the point where it was significantly painful. And he watched for years as his father and his mom and he went through some really, really painful times and he saw what he did to his father and kind of sucked the life out of him. And he came to the realization, he said, you know what? You have as much chance, and there's a quote that he has, I'm going to read it to you. You can fail at what you don't like. So you might as well take a chance at doing what you love. His father did something that he thought was a safe route. He hated being an accountant and he ended up failing in the end. He ended up getting let go. So Jim again said, okay, you can fail at what you don't like. So you might as well take a chance at doing what you love. And that, to me, really, really says it all. So there's a couple things that happened. So fast forward to February 14th. I've mustered up the courage uh, to take this leap. I didn't ultimately know what it was going to look like. I really didn't. I just had a lot of speaking gigs on the the, uh, docket. But I knew that I could not keep one foot in and one foot out. I could not do and build this business the way that I wanted to. By maintaining my full-time commitment with uh, my old company. So I ultimately, on February 14th, 2020, uh, made a call to my boss and said, I am uh, making a change. I'm going to plan to uh, go off on my own, and here's what I'm doing. Um, And I'll work with you for a period of time, and we'll figure out a transition, this and that. But ultimately, I am making a change, and I'm going in a different direction. And it was a Really uh, nerve-wracking call to make because once you make that call and you make that comment, there's no turning back from there. Um, But wow, did it feel unbelievable. Um, And it was absolutely incredible. And um, what was unbelievable to me is how freeing it felt to have done that and taken a major, major step. And sometimes you don't know if you're doing the right thing until after you've done it, and once I made that call and hung up that phone, uh, it was clear that I was doing the right thing. I can't even explain it, but it was just this feeling of overwhelming confidence that I was doing the right thing. I was ecstatic. I called up my family. I called up everybody and. Here's what I'm doing. Obviously, word spread throughout all the people that I know. And, you know, soon after that, I got all kinds of calls and this and that. It was a pretty major deal in my life. And it certainly was a uh, interesting piece of news for those people that had heard that I made that big of a change and drastic of a change. Uh, so. That was february middle of february now if you are listening to this at some future point in time right now we're at the end of 2020 we're in the middle of covid well covid started this whole pandemic in early march the whole country basically shut down restaurants stores everything everybody was quarantined and what that meant was every business now was facing a major change a major change to how they did business and the whole speaking business on stages, literally evaporated overnight. Literally, all of my speaking gigs, from the TED Talk to everything else that I had booked, now in the course of literally about a week, canceled one right after another. Everything I had spent time to build was gone in an incredibly quick period of time. So, I had just left. I had I left all of my my steady big paycheck gone. I have nothing. I'm now at a point of saying, wow. Okay. Uh, what do I do now? (laughs) I mean, literally my whole business model was like, okay, I'm speaking. I'm supposed to be speaking. I, I don't, now there's no conferences. How do I speak? How do I do this business? I mean, do I literally have to do something different? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I, I mean, do I have to go back into what I was doing? I, I, I was so, uh, Panicked, paranoid, confused, frustrated. Uh, the emotional roller coaster was immense. And uh, did I question my decision at that point? Yeah, absolutely, sure. I mean, there were people that asked me, Hey, would you have done it? Did you know this pandemic was coming? You know, it's funny at that time. I'm like, duh, no, of course I wouldn't have made the change at that point. And now at this point, all of my colleagues were now working from home which would have given me some more flexibility had I still been there. I would have been getting a steady, good paycheck and had the flexibility to work from home and maybe build this. So I was running through all this stuff in my head. I'm like, why? Literally asking myself questions. Why didn't I just wait a few weeks? Literally, because then I wouldn't have left. Um, I'd still be there. I'd still be getting income. I wouldn't have to worry about all these events being canceled. Uh, or why didn't I just work out a different you know, ease out of this instead of just jump? Um, you know, why did I decide to do speaking? Why not? I mean, all these kind of questions in my mind that I'm like second guessing everything. Uh, and it really messed me up for a while, to be honest with you. Um, and I remember calling somebody who uh I had been connected with through a mutual friend who was in the speaking business and uh very successful and I said I remember calling him I'm like listen man you don't know me I've heard lots of great things about you here's my scoop here's what I just did uh What do I do? And I remember he was like, wait a sec, what? You just, you literally just left your job, this great job. And you're now doing speaking. I said, yeah, I said, I can't, I can't undo it. (laughs) So it's done, man. You got to just, what, what do I need to do? How, what are you doing? I mean, honestly. And he said something that was really great uh, and incredibly valuable. He said, listen, he said, speaking is not your business. He said, what you're speaking about is your business, You know, the speaking itself is just a delivery mechanism. He said, you know, your business is leadership. It's helping people become better leaders. That's just one of many, many, many delivery methods. And it's just a matter of pivoting and going in different directions and still delivering everything that you're doing and and wanting to do just in a different format. And that just, that's what I needed to hear. And I'm like, you know what? That makes a ton of sense. I can do that, right? I can totally revamp, change this whole business. And so I did. I remember hiring a coach that was in the consulting business. I didn't know anything about consulting with different companies. And he referred me to somebody who was fantastic. Uh, And I'm like, okay, I don't I don't. I I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what I don't know. So you gotta teach me on this business. And I had the intellectual capital, I had the experience, but I didn't necessarily know how to go about it. And he was incredibly valuable and opened my eyes and helped me make some connections. Um, I started going down the road of saying, you know what, Hey, for years, I've hired a coach. I've had Peter Velarde who was on uh, one of our episodes or a couple of the episodes, uh, as my coach, who's been unbelievably valuable. I said, well, why don't I do that for other people? Why don't I become an executive coach and work with leaders and individuals to help them lead themselves and lead other people more effectively? And so I started to do that. And that's a big part of my business right now is coaching. So two major parts of my business now, which is consulting and working with individual leaders, is a whole part of my business and a very big part of my business that would not have necessarily been part of my plan or wasn't part of my plan back in February. But this whole pandemic caused me to think through things a little bit differently, caused me to do things I wouldn't have done without that. It caused me to move in a direction that I definitely wouldn't have gone in before. And today I look back and I'm like, that was one of the best things that ever happened. And I don't mean, obviously, that's a disastrous thing that's happened. But for me, it caused me to move in a direction that has been absolutely fantastic for my business. I do keynotes now, I do presentations, I just don't do them on a stage, I do them virtually. And they're as effective in some cases, if not more effective, and they're easier for those to things to make happen. So there's a whole way of doing business now that I never I never would have proposed to somebody, hey, let me do a, a virtual keynote for your organization uh, prior to this whole pandemic. Now, I think a lot of companies are looking and saying, hey, you know what? It's an easy way to do it. It's obviously safe. Uh, It's logistically better. And it's as effective. There's as effectively, uh, as big, if not more of a return on investment uh, for that organization. So there's a whole totally different business than I thought I would have when I made my jump back in February. But, you know, so where I am now, nine months in, you know, this podcast was a whole new venture. I'm working with Kevin Palmieri, who's my... My podcast coach and my producer of this show, uh, who was instrumental in me kind of getting my podcast launched. Uh, I remember Ter- Terry, Terry, McMahon, Terry, thank you, man. Shout out to you. Uh, he and I were talking at the end of 2019 and he brought up podcasts. I'm like, I don't know if I could do a podcast. He's like, dude, you got to do a podcast. He pushed me. Thank you, Terry. Uh, Kevin, I remember sitting down with Kevin and he actually introduced me to Kevin I'm like, Kevin, I don't know what I don't know. You got to help me. This whole idea of doing a podcast and speaking into a microphone to a blank audience that I can't see uh, is uncomfortable. I'm used to speaking on a stage, speaking into a camera. I mean, that's that's tough. How do I even do this? And it was major comfort zone issues for me to get started with this. And I'll tell you, he was patient. Kevin, I appreciate you, man. You were patient. You pushed me the right, right amount. And... Uh, I never thought that I would do a podcast, let alone be sitting here at episode number hundred. And there'll be a time where I'm at episode number a thousand because I find it fun. I find it, uh, it's very impactful. I hear from you how impactful it is. Um, and it's certainly something I'm really enjoying. Do I do that? Do I make money through the podcast? No, at some point I will. That's my goal in 2021, get some sponsors out there. But for right now, uh, I'm doing it because this helps to build my brand. But most importantly, it helps provide some value. It's helping hopefully impact the people that are listening to it. So I just think about how my life has changed. Um, I took one step and it's interesting. A lot of times you don't see the things that you're going to see when you aren't when you're sitting on the shoreline so to speak you see when you before you've taken that first step and i equate it to sit on a beach before you kind of you know you're on the shoreline before you go into a boat and launch out in the sea or so something like that you have a different perspective from the shoreline you can only see out to the ocean or the vast you know lake or wherever you are and when you get out there you start to see things you wouldn't see from the shoreline you start to see other spots and landscape and views that you wouldn't necessarily see and i think the same thing is true without a doubt with life when you take that first step there are things that now are visible to you and thoughts and ideas that you would never have had uh before and that's what happened with me i took that first step and had no safety net at that point it was just okay i made the commitment i cut the cord i'm now full-time invested in building my business around helping other people And when you do that, ultimately, you have things in a different perspective and things that come to you and ideas and thoughts that you wouldn't have had. uh, Otherwise, I'm a big believer in that. I will tell you, I am never happier than I've, I've, I'm I'm happier than I've ever been. I've never felt more at peace. I've never felt more energized. I wake up Sunday. I work on weekends and nights, not because I have to, because I love it. I love, truly love what I do. I love working with the people that I work with and the organizations and the 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 giving leadership advice. I love doing what I do. And it started just from taking one small, but incredibly, uh, I shouldn't say small. The first step is a small one, but a big step uh, with one phone call and ultimately changed my whole world. What it allowed me to do is realize, and I love Boston and Boston will always have a soft spot, spot in my heart. I will always be, a Bostonian. But at the same point, I realized I've got family down in North Carolina. I want to be in warmer weather. I had a whole life down here that was waiting for me that I didn't even realize. And I came down here, moved, and I have an incredible place, walking distance from my twin sister and brother-in-law niece and nephew. My parents are three miles away. My kids are down here with me and we see each other and spend more time than I ever did in Boston. It is Absolutely unbelievable how life has changed from taking that one step. So, I thought for this hundredth episode, yeah, let me tell the story. You know, yeah, there was a lot of times where I was wondering, okay, did I do the right thing? Uh, would I have gone back? If people and people have asked me now, had I known the pandemic was coming? Would I have still resigned at that time? Looking back on it, yes, my answer changes, definitely. That was the best thing I ever did. It was the best time for me to resign and start my business. I didn't know it at the time. Steve Jobs talks about the fact that you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking backwards. It's easy to look back and say, wow, now that all made sense. Yeah, I think... I needed to go through something like that. I think I needed to be challenged really quickly early on because it caused me to go into like overdrive in a good way. It caused me to pivot. And I think I'm not think I know I am much further ahead now. And this is now only, you know, eight, nine months into this. I am significantly further ahead now than I would have been had that all not happened in a weird, weird way. That's what happens. So you're strengthened through this. You're challenged. You're pushed. When you step outside your comfort zone, that's where growth happens. So here I sit doing what I absolutely love. I'm in the course of writing a book or almost I'm finished with a book about to come out in the next two to three months. Uh, I am doing some amazing things with some amazing people and loving every day. So uh, thank you again for being steady, consistent listeners. Uh, Again, this is a big deal to be at episode number 100. Um, And again, I just thought I'd share the story with you a little bit, give you kind of an inside peek at uh, how things have changed for me and what uh, pushed me to do this. When you feel you've got, you just, there's something out there that energizes you, that excites you, that you think about. Sometimes you got to just go with it. You got to take the step. You got to take the leap and you got to have some blind faith sometimes. I think that's important. I didn't know exactly what this is going to look like, and I still don't, but I know that I'm just getting started. I truly feel not only grateful for where I am, but excited about what's to come because I know I'm just getting started. I can't imagine what this is going to look like in two, three years, let alone five or ten years. So this, to me, is a blast. I enjoy working with each and every one of you. I enjoy talking to you. I'd love to talk to you directly. So feel free to reach out to me. Uh, You know how to get a hold of me. Direct message me. And uh, I'd love to uh, hear your story. So with that, we'll close out this episode. Again, 100 in the books. On to 200, 300, 400, up to 1,000. Keep liking, sharing, subscribing. Your comments go down below, review. And by the way, subscribe on YouTube because once we get it above 100, then I can have that as the official uh, station or channel uh, or whatever it's called for this. So in any event, uh, thanks again for listening and uh, we'll tune in next time and uh, I'll share some more good stuff.